It's Cash Color Cannabis, a high level of conversation. Um, tonight, I have a great guest in the building, but before I get to my great guest, I got to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Atlantibus Clothing. Our drug lord, Atlantibus, and Returner Viper lines are all available for, per all available for purchase right now. So please shop atlantibusclothing.com Atlantibus and shop today. And uh, like I was saying earlier, you know, I have a great guest on the phone line today. And literally, I feel like this interview is two years in the making. I feel like I bumped into you in New Orleans at the um, Synergy Sesh. We had a great conversation. And um, this is how life kind of goes on sometimes, man. Like, you kind of get, you kind of lose conversations occasionally. But I had yeah. a chance to circle back with you. Well, you had a chance to circle back with me. And literally, I had space open. So I'm glad I got a chance to have you online today, Jessica. Um, and for those who don't know, Jessica, um, please introduce yourself and let us know who you are. Um, I'm Jessica Potts. I am a cannabis advocate and educator in Louisiana. I have my own company called Bon Santé, which focuses on education of patients and creating a pipeline for patients to doctors and then to the, the dispensaries. All right. Awesome. And you know what? Potts is an awesome last name for the industry that you're in. <laughs> and that's my real one. <laughs> so uh, are you a native of Louisiana? I feel like I hear the Creole in your voice. Uh, I am a native of Louisiana. I'm not from South Louisiana, but I'm from born and raised in Louisiana. Oh, I feel like I'm about to get a lesson about Louisiana right now. Like, what's the difference between being born in North Louisiana or South Louisiana? North Louisiana is more country, and South Louisiana is more Cajun Creole. Okay. All right. Well, I've been in the only part of New Orleans, the only part of Louisiana I've ever been to is New Orleans. So that's, that's my okay. biggest understanding of the, of the whole state, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, we, we have, we have, uh, many other sites and, and, um, things to see besides just New Orleans. <laughs> well, hopefully I take a trip down to Louisiana. I can actually see a lot more because there are some amazing things happening from, um, Southern, what's going on at Southern University to just even people like Currency, who I see um, just really keeping the, keeping the city and keeping the state on, on everybody's minds every time he drops new music. Um, so yeah. speaking to you about being a native of Louisiana, I know you graduated from LSU and you mm -hmm. made your way into education. Um, speak to us about, you know, just growing up in one in Louisiana and what led you into getting into education? Um, well, I, I grew up in a very, very small town in, called Columbia, Louisiana, mm -hmm. which uh, is by Monroe. So it's it's north. It's between Monroe and then um, Alexandria. Okay. And um, I went to college for sociology and psychology. And after that, um, I went back and got my master's in special education. Uh, when I was 21, I found out that I had multiple sclerosis. So that that long journey, 10-year journey, is kind of what got me into cannabis. Okay, so there's multiple sclerosis. Um, you know, and I was going to ask you about that, like how you possibly got into your cannabis use, if you don't mind speaking about that. Like, what was the first, I guess, experience you had with cannabis? So, oddly enough, I was... Um, Staunchly against cannabis. <laughs> I was um, a dare student of the month. You know, we I all? believe. Yeah, Weren't we I, all I at mean, one point. <laughs> I, I guess so, but I mean, I was proud of my little my my little badge, and you know, I was like, "That's a gateway drug. No way, no how." And um, I was diagnosed with MS, and 
I did everything that the doctors told me to do and it still was getting worse. Um, I ended up being on chemotherapy and um, having to have a right hip replacement. So I was in so much excruciating pain. Um, I was on fentanyl, morphine, and um, Percocets, six Percocets per day. And even through all of that, I still was in pain. And after being in pain for three years, it changes who you are. Yes. Especially so, medicines like that, that definitely shape, re, re, that, that helps shape a new person as well. Yeah, it, it does. And um, I was lucky enough to, my mom's uh, paid for me to go to California to go to USC. And um, they suggested cannabis. And that was, I took a, I ate a 10 milligram gummy and that took all of my pain away. And since then, you've been you've been a, a, a medicinal cannabis user, at least in the, in the in the edible form. Do you do you use flour by any chance, as far as smoking wise? Oh, um, yes, flour. Um, I, I started with a gummy, but um, I get um, my fastest relief is from for pain is of course from a flour or vape. Okay. You know, and I feel like it's, um, you know, multiple sclerosis. We, 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 there's so many ailments that actually can be helped by cannabis, you know, and I feel like I'm, I'm glad we're having these kind of type of conversations because when, especially the medicines you listed, I know more people and I'm serious. I know more people who use two of those recreationally than they ever use med, you know what I'm saying? For actual medical reasons, you know what I mean? And it's, it's yeah. so easy. It's so crazy that, that, that the access to pills is so, is so open that it, it's just on the streets to this point. But something that could actually help you as far as with your medical purposes, which would be cannabis, is 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 still something that's like taboo. Yeah, it's it's and and here, I mean, I wanted to talk, you know, talk to you about how things are in Georgia, because it seems like y'all are kind of modeling y'all's program a lot after Louisiana's. Um well in some in some ways, at least how y'all are starting. But um the the prohibition has got to stop because people are literally leaving these states or they are getting on harder harder um things because it's more easily available yes um and i don't know i i the the Bible Belt is 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 a hard one, but I wanted to see how things were in Georgia, you know, as far as with y'all's progression. Well, it, Georgia's progression has always been very slow. Is is very been very slow. You know, we're a referendum state. You really got to wait on politicians. You got to wait on on certain people already in office who can make certain decisions for you. So, um, you know, I feel like the patients in Georgia are going through. I just I, I feel like agony, honestly. Like like there are people who honestly need medicinal cannabis and products like such as, you know, saying for medical purposes and it and it's slow motion as far as getting people licenses, it's slow motion as far as who you're gonna be able to actually get this from safely, you know, say even even if we're dealing with low THC, you know, we're not even dealing with you know, say we're not even dealing with high power anything. We're dealing with low THC and there's still people who have struggles finding places where they can get this legally. 
And you know, in worst in the worst thing that happened for us was COVID, because that made that slowed the process down even more. You know, what I mean, we were just in the process of yeah. of, of starting to get the committee the commission together that we were going to see who was going to have a license. I feel like you know, it's just it's just a slow motion process, and it really bothers me. And I feel like the worst part is you're seeing people have to put their actual freedom in jeopardy in order to get what they feel like is is something that they need. You you see them at these pop ups. You see them at various places that are, you know still underground slash um legacy market stuff but really yeah. you should be able to go access this like if i'm if i'm able again to just pick up a pill in almost anywhere if i'm able to go into rite aid if i'm able to go to cvs or whatever and be able to access these things i should be able if i was a patient to be able to have a lot more freer access and i feel like georgia is very slow motion when it comes to doing that Again, it, 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 and, it, and it's primarily the people you currently have in office. You know, like there's 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 folks who still are pumping the brakes about certain things. I'm pretty sure it has everything to do with, with financial reasons. You know, you're trying to make sure that you get, you know, especially when it comes to licensing. I feel and I feel like so much is so much is involved when it comes to that to the money aspect of it that people always get clouded that this is actually for a bigger reason. You know that there actually are people. Yeah. Like there's a reason why it's called Haley's Law. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's real people who are out there. Actually yeah. Using. And so, and and that's something else I I wanted to talk about. I, I I know is the patient advocacy and and that component. It's so easily for me and others as advocates to be taken advantage of. Yes. 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 Easy. You know, and, and you, again, easy. You know, it's one of them places where it's still so um, we're still we're still in a wild west, no matter how much you see legalizing, how many different laws you see passed from state to state. We're wild, still technically in a wild, wild west situation where there's going to be so many charlatans, scammers, people who have a, a inside track on this, that and the third can get you this and the third because it's still not regulated. You know, what I mean, nobody's really stopping anybody from saying that's, you know, it's just really, it's, it's, it's such a wild era we're in when it comes to, I mean, wild space we're in when it comes to cannabis. I would love to see more clarity on regulation. You know, I'm not big on, on legalization, to be completely honest with you. I'm not big on, on, on things like that, but I do feel like it's needed in some, in some ways, especially when it comes to, like you say, patients being taken advantage of. You need some kind of regulation. You need somebody to say, this is a, this is a, a solid place where you can go, but this place you might want to duck. You don't have that currently still, you know what I mean? And, 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 it's, no. and it's, you don't have that. You, you're really watching. It's really, um, it's really a trust situation out here, <laughs> you know, in, especially in Georgia. It's really a trust situation. Now, have, have all y'all's vendors been picked or that's still going on? Um, from what I can gather, no, it's still going on. Cause I, I you would have heard that by now that, that, if they, that, you know, these, these levels of people would have been picked. Um, you know, no, that hasn't, that hasn't happened. And what I was about to mention was how much, how sometimes I do still have optimism from Georgia and it's primarily because of the people I've seen who from the start who are still fighting for these things. Like I'm shouting to my man, Stanley Atkins. Stanley Atkins has been one of the, 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 the loudest, bigger voices on, on, on down at the state capitol fighting for patient rights and fighting for, um, you know, saying actual access for these, for these, for, for low THC products for patients. I feel like as long as there's people like him around, as long as, long as we still have, um, um, real staples in the community, such as Georgia Hemp Company and things like that, that we're going to start, we're, you're going to have to start seeing more progress. You know, it's, it's clear on the ground that this is needed. It's clear on the ground that this is, has to happen. It's just at one point, you really got to either get to the politicians who are currently in office or realize how important local politics are and start putting those people in place who could actually make the laws that we personally can't make in the state of Georgia. Exactly, exactly. And 
and and and when you do get the program up and running i know like the problem here is the affordability of the program yeah um you know it's it's sad that i was a lobbyist and worked really hard to get the law passed and get the infrastructure up and running and i can't even afford the medicine and yeah, you know, and, and I, I know that has to be a struggle, you know what I mean? But, um, well, speak to us again, you know, and I don't want to go off track. Speak to us again about Louisiana's program. You say that it, it reminds you a little bit of Georgia's. Um, speak to us about Louisiana and what you feel like is, it, it mirrors when it comes to Georgia. Well, um, I know we started as a low THC as well. And within a year or two of legislation, we were able to get, um, the caps lifted and for it to be as high as needed depending on the disease state um, but for louisiana we have two vendors and they are both through the ag schools so that would be lsu yeah. and southern southern and um right now on the market we have tinctures we have um um, isolate and um, THC isolate and um, they're coming out with uh, vape, vape, uh, vaporizables. Okay. Now, when you think about um, the progress you've seen, like speak about some of the progress because you have watched the state go from low THC to where it's moving into a different direction. Um, what's it like to kind of see, to see that progress? Um, it's great because it was low THC to now um, there is no THC cap and it was um, just a few disease states. Then it went up to 15, um, which were kind of the 15 major ones that people all over the country kind of pick, you know, cancer, HIV, AIDS, you know, um, epilepsy, those, those types. Um, but now it's any debilitating disease condition. So basically the only thing left on the table to make us, I would say a full rounded market is raw flour. Okay. All right. Well, hopefully we see that happen. Um, and I really hope that we see a lot more progress across the Bible Belt, as you said, from not just Georgia, but you know, even Florida, like, like you want to see even more progress be made not saying we need to turn into California, but I think that at some point you need to understand that the, there's a, a changing conversation happening out here. And, and at some point you're going to have to meet with the conversation. Yeah. And people, people are tired and they're, and they're looking for an alternative and they have found that this works. And once, I mean, the genie is out of the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. Long so, story short. Yeah. So how, how do we put it back in? You can't. So the thing now i think is just people are trying to figure out how to monetize this to the best of their abilities mm -hmm. you know one thing we speak about often especially down here in the south is lack of people of color being involved in not just in the business but just in the in the overall conversation you know what i mean um i thought it was amazing to see southern university be to um be, be named one of the schools um along with lsu to be able to produce um actual product for the for the state um, what was it like when you heard that news that a HBCU and then Southern at that was tapped was tapped to be um, one of the early one of the one of the er the early creators of the product that you're about to use? Um, 
I was really happy because I was I was instrumental in the groundwork and framework of that okay. of uh, of Southern getting up and running. So um, it is uh, like watching a child grow up. You know, it's <laughs> you 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 started with something inconceivable and now it's up and it's moving and it's getting better. And what the only thing I would like to see is more post-secondary education at our HBCUs for this job market. I agree. I feel like it, 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 every HBCU that has an A&M at the end of it should be teaching some sort of cannabis, whether it's um, how to grow, um, how to pull properties from the plant. Like you should honestly be teaching this on, at, at those levels at this moment if you are an agricultural and technical college. Exactly, it, because they can't fill those positions. I mean, they, they're they open all over the country. I look and they're looking for cultivators and processors yeah. and, and everything like that and manufacturers. So um, it's more jobs than people who are actually skilled. Yeah, and then we and those positions do need to be filled. It would be dope to start seeing more HBCU. We'll start seeing HBCU start rolling out those type of programs so we can start getting our younger group of people, not just smoking, but involved in the actual creation, involved in the actual business, involved in the actual legislation process, man. That's another thing that's going to take people, the black people, our community into another another level when it comes to this 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 into this industry you know we speak often about how to get more people of color involved and i often say it starts again at the younger generation like we are where we are right here is our generation we're going to keep carrying we're going to keep conversation going but it's the it's the generation behind us that's really going to carry this carry this flag and i want to make sure that we are preparing them properly and i hope that we do start seeing hbcu start rolling out some type of curriculum so we can start seeing that next group of people you know what i'm saying yeah yeah because i mean this this has has historically been our plan and i would yes. like for um it to go back to that because when you walk into um the cultivation centers now there are not that many people that look like you and i so um i would like for it to to go back to us having some stake in this since we've been incarcerated so disproportionately anyway yeah. Let's talk about um, Bon Sant. I, I, I thought that was such a Creole name as well. I was like, oh, it just rolls off your tongue. It reminds me of beignets. Um, yeah. Speak to us about the company and, and I guess what, what's the overall goal for the brand? Um, it's to provide education mm -hmm. and supreme um, medical resourcing for medicinal cannabis. So what all that means is um, I provide education to different entities, um, um, nursing homes, <clears throat> um, different uh, groups, whether it's MS groups or Crohn's Society, um, about medicinal cannabis. And if they're interested, I sign them up. I get them in with a doctor, get them their prescription, and they're off on their merry way. So what's it been like trying to engage our community in, um, in, 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 in these new steps here? You know what I mean? Because there, there, are, there are groups of people we often speak about. There's an older generation that actually probably should be more educated about this. And we have a younger generation that knows but still doesn't, you know, there's still things that you need to learn. What's yeah. it like engaging our community about this, about, um, you know, these new opportunities, not just for you 
to smoke weed or consume cannabis, but for you to medicinally change different ways you you, you are medicinally change your life. Like how what are those conversations like? Um it has it it depends on the demographic with our people. Um I've actually reached out to some churches um to try to have the conversation with them. Yeah. Um I have not been successful yet, but I'm not giving up. Um, Don't give up on that one. I feel like that's 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 another thing that's going to have to get um that's, that's another notch we're going to have to put on our belt that we're going to have these conversations inside of churches eventually. Yeah, I mean we we have to. I mean people in the church are um consuming. So, uh it would behoove us to have a a conversation about it in the houses of worship. So that's the only place I've really gotten pushed back. Um, other places, uh, when I would have events before COVID, um, I would get a lot of black people that would come out. Yeah. Um, they're, they're still very much less informed about the rules and regulations. Um, and I'm sure that's not, you know, coincidental. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like, you know, we, we, we're definitely making it, man. And I feel like even what you're doing with your company, that's a great start. You know, it, it really has to start with a conversation. And if we don't have conversations, then we do walk around ignorant. We do walk around not sure about what's happening, even though even as changes are happening in front of our faces. So thank you for the work that you are doing and the work that you are starting. I mean, I feel like it, 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 it's probably not um, giving people their flowers why, why, it's, why it's needed right now. You know, you're doing something that's actually that's very admirable. Yeah. Oh, well, thank you very much. And I, I hope to come out to ATL and, you know, expand out there and help people out there. I, that's what's up. Well, I hope to come down to New Orleans soon and, and hopefully do a podcast and, and maybe do a Atlanta Biz Clothing pop-up soon, man. Well, let's, let's see if we get some of these oh, uh, COVID yeah, regulations together. Yeah, yeah let's, let's collab. Oh, you know, I'm always I'm always with a good collaboration. I was talking yesterday about how one of the one of my goals for 2021 was which was a goal for 2020 was to take the podcast on the road, you know, go to more markets where I know that we're listed that we're listening at and more people that we I know support us and literally do a live recording down there. And New Orleans is a place that, yeah, they 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 consume cash color cannabis. And I would love to get down there and show love back to that 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 city has shown to me. Oh yeah, and I would love for you to come down and I know you've been, but still we can go have a great time. It would be wonderful. Jessica, we we're gonna put that on the on the calendar. We're gonna work that out over the next couple of months. We're gonna get to New Orleans. Okay. You got a deal. All right. I uh, thank you for coming out tonight. We'll sit down with us today. Um uh, for those who wanna follow you on Instagram or follow you on social media and learn more about what you do, what you do with Bonsant, um just overall, like how can they connect with you? Um, my Instagram is Louisiana underscore Cannabis. That's C-A-N-N-A-B-O-S-S. -S. Um, on Facebook, you can find me at Bon Santé. That's B-O-N-N-E-S-A-N-T-E. Oh, and, and forgive me, Bon Santé. I need to get my... I, yes. I get, yeah, I need to get yes. my accents right. My, bon, I need to get my... Bon Santé. It's uh, French for good health. Bon Santé. Yeah, it sounds dope. <laughs> yeah, thank you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I try to keep it like that. 
Jessica, I totally appreciate your time. I'm sorry this took so long, but at least we got, we finally got it done. And we're going to be working on getting Cash Color Campus down to New Orleans soon so we can really bring this whole vibe down there. Let's do it. Let's do it. I'm here for it. All right. Thank you very much for your time. And um, that is Cash Color Campus, a high level of conversation.